Good morning and uh, welcome everyone to New Life Presbyterian Church to our uh, Good Friday gathering this Easter. A special welcome to you if you're visiting with us today uh, in town with family or coming along to church as a special event uh, or visiting. Uh, Welcome. My name's Russell Smith. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at New Life Presbyterian Church and I'll be leading our service today. Our service today is a celebration, a celebration of Jesus' death for us. And wherever you have come from today, uh, whether you're part of our New Life community week by week, visiting from another church or joined us, especially this morning, to be part of uh, marking and celebrating Easter, from the youngest right through to the eldest here, today we gather because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. He died a death that brings us forgiveness from God now. He brings us a certain hope for tomorrow and a and new life into eternity. Uh, the focus of our gathering today is going to be hearing the New Testament account of Jesus' death in Mark's Gospel and sharing together in the Lord's Supper. If you're regularly with us, this kind of seating arrangement might feel a little bit different to you but it's to help us focus on God's Word being read at the centre of what we're doing, in the Lord's Supper being at the centre of our remembrance of Jesus' death for us, and as we heard in that first reading from Ephesians 1, that God is gathering us together in unity under Christ, and perhaps a seating arrangement like this makes us a little bit more unified a little bit more closer together, eyeballing one another across the table and around the Word and as we sing, encouraging one another. Let's join together in prayer. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we thank thank You that You draw us together in Christ that you draw us together in amazing grace, that you draw us together in forgiveness of sins. Lord Jesus, we all come to you needing your forgiveness. We have all turned against God our Father in the past, in the present, today, and we will get again tomorrow. We're all unified in being sinners before you, And so we cry out to you, Lord God, please forgive us. Because of Jesus' death on the cross for us and in our place, please forgive us according to your good promises, according to the promise of your Spirit in us. Make us new. Change us. Make us more and more like Jesus. In our gathering today, as we hear from your word, as we remember Jesus' death, as we look at one another and speak to one another, may you remind us of the great forgiveness that we have in Jesus. Remind us and strengthen us in our faith. Spur us on in love and good deeds. For the glory of Jesus we pray. Amen.
Well, we're going to have a long reading now from Mark chapter 14. You can follow it along in your Bible if you like, but perhaps today is one of those days where you might like to sit and listen and reflect. I've been learning this reading off by heart. I'm going to try and do it today with no notes and with a bit of movement. I'm no actor and this is no performance, but this is a reading of God's Word from Mark chapter 14. Now at the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and to kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While Jesus was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar. She broke the jar of perfume and she poured it on Jesus' head. Some of those who were present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you and you can help them at any time you want but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout all the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. And so he watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So Jesus sent two of his disciples, telling them, go into the city And a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him and say to the owner of the house that he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. Well, the disciples left. They went into the city and they found things just as Jesus had told them. And so they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. And while they were reclining at the table eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened. And one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, Jesus replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it has been written about him. 
But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him had he not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to their disciples saying, take it, this is my body. And then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes even tonight before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, Jesus fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might be passed from him. Abba, Father, everything is possible with you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch just for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Once more Jesus went away and prayed the same thing. And when he came back he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, Jesus said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go, because here comes my betrayer. Just as Jesus was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. And with him was a crowd of who were armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent from the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. And the men, they seized Jesus and they arrested him. And the one who was standing nearby grabbed his sword and he struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. 
Jesus said, am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. And then everyone deserted Jesus and fled. A young man who was wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus and when they seized him, he fled naked. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests, the elders and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest and there he sat with the guards and he warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they might have him put to death but they couldn't find any. Many gave false testimony against him but none of their statements agreed and then some stood up and gave this false testimony against Jesus. We heard him say... I will destroy this temple that has been made with human hands, but in three days I will build another not built with human hands. But even their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. So again, the high priest asked Jesus, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest, he tore his clothes. Why? Why do we need any more witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned Jesus as worthy of death and some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him and they struck him with their fists and they said, prophesy. The guards, they took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant guards of the high priest came by And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But Peter denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. And he went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those who were standing around, this this fellow is one of them. And again, Peter denied it. After a little while, those who were standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. And Peter began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know this man that you're talking about. And immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. And Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And Peter broke down and wept. Very early in the morning, 
the chief priests with the elders and the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. And so they bound Jesus, led him away and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Jesus replied, you have said so. And the chief priests accused Jesus of many things and so Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to set free a prisoner. Now the Barabbas had been in prison as an insurrectionist who had committed murder. And the crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he would usually do. Pilate said, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Knowing that it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him, but the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate to release Barabbas instead. So what shall I do then with the one that you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. But Pilate said, why? What crime has he committed? But they shouted all the louder, crucify him, crucify him. Now wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them and they had Jesus flogged and he had Jesus handed over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace. They called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him and they, then they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and they spit on him. They fell on their knees and paid homage to him. And after they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe, they put on his own clothes and they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, whose name was Simon, was passing by on his way in from the country and they forced Simon to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. They divided up his clothes, casting lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him, and the written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with Jesus, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by hurled insults at him. They shook their heads and said, So... You who are going to destroy the temple and build it again in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law, they mocked him among themselves. <laughs> he saved others. He can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with Jesus also heaped insults on him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. 
And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those who were standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran and they filled a sponge with wine vinegar. They put it on a staff and they offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the centurion who stood there and saw how Jesus died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed Jesus and cared for his needs, along with other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. Now, it was preparation day, the day before Sabbath, and so as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, and he himself was someone who was waiting for the kingdom of God, he went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that Jesus was already dead and so he summoned the centurion and asked him if Jesus had already died. And when he learnt from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. Joseph brought some linen cloth, he took down the body, he wrapped it in the linen and he placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. He rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Jesus gave us this meal as a sign for us of God's promise. So that we might remember that promise the promise of salvation, of what Jesus did for us on the cross and in his resurrection, so that we might remember and so we also might share in that promise, participate in it as we eat and drink together in faith. Faith is not a a once-a-year event. Faith is not something reserved for being in a particular building or being gathered with Christians or on a religious public holiday. Faith is a whole of life dependence on Jesus. But as we gather, we express our whole of life dependence in three particular ways. We express it in prayer, in prayers of repentance as we turn again from our sin that plagues us every day. We're going to do that in a moment as I lead us in prayer. A second thing we do in our gathering together, we express a profession of what we believe, a statement 
of our belief and as a result of it, our dependence on Jesus in all things. We're going to do that together in a little while by saying together the words of the Apostles' Creed. The third thing we do in gathering is we express publicly to one another. As much as this meal is a sign to us from God of His promises to us, it is our sign to one another publicly that as we participate, as we eat and drink, that we are somebody who is turning away from our sin in, profession, in, in repentance, that we are somebody who professes what we believe and that we publicly stand up to that in the presence of one another. And so let's do those three things. First, let's pray. Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are the maker of all things and you are the righteous judge of all people. We admit that we have sinned against you and one another in what we have thought, said and done. We come before you in repentance. We are deeply sorry for our sin because Jesus died for us and because you are merciful and for your glory alone, God, please forgive us. Please help us by your Holy Spirit in us to follow your good ways. And please, Lord Jesus, as we eat and drink of this meal that you have given us, may you strengthen our faith and increase our joy. Amen. If you're able, able-bodied, that is, will you, will you please stand as we say together the Apostles' Creed. If this is what you believe, please say these words with conviction and with joy together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. From there he will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. God warns us in 1 Corinthians through the Apostle Paul, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. So everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. The Apostle Paul goes on to say, that is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep, that is died 
But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. And so I need to discourage you for a moment, discourage you from eating and drinking if you are seeking forgiveness with God but not turning away from sin in your life. I need to discourage you from eating and drinking if you're seeking to be right with God yet you are not letting Jesus rule over all the parts of your life. If that is you, it's best that you don't eat and drink. Look on, watch, see what others are doing. Be reminded of the seriousness and the wonder of what Jesus has done for us. So that in the right time, you might be able to eat and drink in a whole of life faith and dependence on God. Brothers and sisters in the faith, children together of God's promises, if you are turning from your sin, if your trust is in Jesus, if you are living by the Holy Spirit, if you are hoping in new life, then please eat and drink. May it be a sign to you and to the people round about you of your repentance. May it be a statement of your faith and a witness to one another who is here of our dependence on Jesus. The Apostle Paul recounts this. I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper... He took the cup and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. We praise you, merciful Father, for the love of your only Son, who though he is one with you and the Holy Spirit, that he humbled himself and was obedient to death, even death on a cross, so that we might have new life through him. We praise you, all-powerful God, for the glorious resurrection of your Son, that he is the true Passover Lamb who was offered for us, has taken away the sin of the world, And by his death, he has destroyed death. By his rising to life again, he was restored to us eternal life. 
Lord God, in our eating and drinking, in our hearing of your word together today, in remembering the cross and bearing testimony to one another of our dependence on you. May you strengthen our faith, stir up our good deeds and increase our joy. Amen. The Apostle Paul says, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. He was raised to life for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And so we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God.